0: Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Apollo Media. The dust has settled and the smoke has cleared and we have a clear national champion. But before we talk about that, we have some other bulls to tend to. Um, And I don't think there's a better place than our co-host, Jay Arnold, going viral again in the month of December. This time, not with Taco Bell but with mayonnaise. Jay, how did this happen? How did you become the Duke's Mayo Bowl, like what, one millionth fan? Yeah, how the millionth
1: that- fan. Uh, so the, the, folks, the good folks from the Duke's Mayo Bowl actually reached out to me about it. Uh, and basically the question was, how much mayo do you think you could eat? And, uh, you know, I told them, I think I could put away a good chunk uh, didn't know exactly what was going to be in mind, but, uh, I mean, what an experience, uh, first of all, Charlotte, very fun city for the one night that I experienced it. Uh, you know, I was staying at the, uh, Marriott city center and just kind of went to some of the bars around there and had a few beers. Uh, but waking up the next day and, and, you know, all the pageantry that went into the, uh, The Duke's Mayo Bowl. I mean, it's just such an incredible environment that they've created out there. Uh, And you know, there's a lot of people that complain about there being too many bowls, but if every bowl that is good of a job of making it such an electric atmosphere, regardless of the game, uh, it. I mean, it was such a fun game to be at. I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit biased between the uh, the mayonnaise eating. Uh, and then also uh, getting to be the spotter for the for the dump on uh old old Mike Loxley afterwards as well. Uh, I do want to apologize to the person who sat next to me on the plane because I uh, tried to clean off a little mayo splatter on my shoes, but probably didn't get it all the way off. So the Uber driver and the uh, my uh, my seatmates there on the flight probably got a little whiff of mayonnaise. Uh, and I do have to apologize for that. But I mean, it was an incredible experience and. Uh, I just feel really lucky to have been a part of that.
0: No, it's like and here's the thing. I th- a lot of people were saying this on Twitter, but the Duke's Mayo Ball, which used to be the Belk ball, and I think it was something else too, um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It knows what it is, and just providing that for everybody is makes people want to tune in, okay? Is it a bit of a circus? Yes, but it's entertaining. It's great to see, you know, uh, Twitter people on the, you know, and former athletes in the stands uh, eating mayonnaise, uh, dumping mayonnaise on Mike Loxley. Uh, by the way, Jay, I see what you did. And I do appreciate it. You, he took the hat off, and you gave him a little extra. I know a little,
1: he, little shake there.
0: He, how he looked. He looked very upset he looked a little upset did he say anything to you afterwards
1: no i mean i think he was just happy about winning the game and yeah uh i think he was kind of regretting that he agreed to the dump because like they give the the mail bowl gives you know they ask right like are you gonna go through with this you can you can have somebody sub in uh if you want to but both coaches you know agreed to it beforehand uh, I I was laughing at the big hat. I mean, that was a heck of a strategy yeah. going in. Uh meanwhile, his whole all of his players are screaming at him to take off the hat. Uh <laughs> so then when he finally did and we gave a little extra shake yeah. there to to make sure wow. that he got a little uh a little on the top.
0: Yeah, it's great. I mean, but again, that's that's what's going to make people tune in. Like it's noon on a, a weekday after Christmas, you know, people people want to watch things like that. You know, people want to be entertained. Duke's Mayo bowl, uh, again, comes through again, very entertaining, um, bowl game, the game itself. Um, ugly, just really ugly. Uh, Maryland does win NC state had a couple NC state has injuries. Obviously Devin Leary, um, you know, and, uh, MJ
1: Morris is hurt, too,
0: so yeah. they're down to their third string. and Exactly. So, uh, anyway, Turps end up winning this game uh, very much a defensive battle. Um, but it was great to see. It, Jay, viral twice in December. You're moving on up, man.
1: We'll see if I can capitalize on it in any way. Uh, maybe get us some better equipment to record with. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe
0: we need both of us need better internet, too. Um, (laughs) um, All right. So now we're going to kind of fall back into line here. Um, The rest of these bowls are going to be in um, somewhat of a uh, chronological order here. Now Um, let's go to the Liberty bowl. Kansas had one of the best comebacks in all of sports, but they came up just a little bit short uh, to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, Jay, I thought this one was de- dead and put away. I actually turned this game off to watch Oregon. I want to say Oregon and North Carolina. And Arkansas just <coughs> came back, man. Like – or sorry, Kansas just came back, got an onside kick. Then we go into the overtimes. We went into the, um, the two-point conversion overtime. But – you know, what a game. Again, too many bowl games. Uh, I don't know about that, but because this one was great.
1: Yeah. I think it was Danny Canal that was a stooge saying that uh team should have to have eight wins, and both of these teams were 6-6 six and six and provided an absolute banger of a matchup. Uh, you know, Arkansas is striving to ice the game, and then I think they had a receiver fumble on a reverse, where yeah. if he had just gone down, uh, the game's over. The game is literally over because Kansas is out of timeouts. And then Kansas gets the ball back, goes down, scores. Onside kick, scores again. Uh, I mean, fantastic game. Uh, Can't really say much else. I had also given up on the Jayhawks, but uh, they didn't give up on themselves. And uh, they also didn't give up on that overhitting. So thank you to the
0: Jayhawks for that one. Big time over there. I was a little disappointed in Arkansas's defense. Um, I mean, the game pretty much played like I thought it would. Um, I I think I I had Arkansas at like minus two and a half, um, and you know Kansas up by like nine, ten, or I think it was like thirteen at one point, like really late, and I was like, okay, this is about how I expect this game to go, but Kansas just refused to quit. Listen, I don't know if Lance Leipold's, I don't know if he's the guy, but I think it's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean. It's hard not to be impressed with his first – or yeah. not his first year, but I guess this is his second year. I mean, mm-hmm. it's clearly better than anything Kansas has done since uh, the Mangino years. So yeah. there is mm-hmm. that. They're uh, relevant.
0: They're being yes. talked about. They're relevant. Yeah. Um, but, no, absolutely. Uh, this next one, a holiday bowl. <sighs> Instant classic game. Oregon scores a touchdown in the last minute to beat North Carolina 28-27, I was really surprised by this. Um, You know, hats off to North Carolina, hard-fought game. I've been ripping them the last couple, pretty much the entire college football season about their defense, and their defense came to play. Um, Pac-12, the Pac-12 did not have a great showing. I mean, yes, Oregon did win this game. Um, we'll talk about, obviously, we're going to talk about some of the other Pac-12 teams later. But um, I was really surprised with North Carolina kind of keeping Oregon in check. Um, but, yeah, uh, Oregon gets the job done, scores in the last minute. Bo Nix gets a nice win, although I think he, is he coming back? No.
1: He's coming back.
0: He is. He is coming back. So, who knows? Maybe there's there's still something brewing in Eugene. This is Dan the year Lamming's that Bo Nix
1: finally wins the Heisman.
0: He's listen. He's wait. What, what how does it go? He's having fun. Um, so he'll be a dark horse to win the Heisman. I don't. I forget. I just butchered that. Yeah, tweet. something like that. I butchered I that tweet. About. Um. Oh no, Bo Nix, He has another year. Another year in this offense. He, he's poised. He's having fun. Not surprised if he's a dark horse to win the Heisman. There it is. There you go. There it is. Uh,
1: yeah, but surprisingly, a low scoring affair for these two teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought there were going to be a little bit more points being scored. Like again, I I didn't give um, North Carolina's defense any credit really at all. I know Oregon's defense has been shaky here and there, um, but yeah, a little bit more low scoring. I, I would have swore the, this would have gotten into the 30s or 40s. Really, I, I was expecting. I was expecting 42 30, 42 32 Oregon. That's what I was, I was kind of expecting something like that. But anyway, instant classic great game in the holiday bowl. Um, and then we move to San Antonio, Texas for the Alamo bowl. Um, before we even get started, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, Bozo of the week. Um, just, I mean, absolutely undressing that media assistant. Um, a simple, hey, don't touch me, man, could have sufficed. You know, I get it. He's Sark's fired up. The guy put his hand on his chest. I understand it. A quick, hey, don't touch me. I, I I got you. Just tell me when to go. That's all you have to say. That's all you have to say. But he just unloads on him.
1: Yeah, not not a great look for the, uh, the flagship program down there. Uh, it's... I mean, it's I like you said. I get it because he's fired up. You know, you go to a certain mental state uh, before a game is mm. played. Yeah. Uh, but I think, as the head coach of the university, it's a little bit of a different approach than if you're a player and somebody pushes you, mm. right? Like, no, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think you have to handle that a little more maturely. Uh, either way, so. Mm-hmm. Not not a great look, and then uh, Washington goes on to win the game. Washington was in control for pretty much the whole thing, uh, and I uh, I really like what we saw out of that Washington team to finish the year. So, uh, yeah. looking forward to to that team next year.
0: Yeah, uh, Texas had a little um, uh, flurry at the end, a little bit of hope. Listen, uh, this is one of those games where I, I just went with Vegas. Um, Texas was a I think four point favorite, and you kind of look at it. You are like, really? They're a four point favorite. You know, you know Washington's playing really good football. Um, Texas' his defense has been shaky. Um, you know, you're, yeah, you're but they're also
1: it. playing an hour down the road in San Antonio.
0: Yeah, does that really count though? For I mean, I know it does usually, but like with this though, you think they? You think that factored into the to the Vegas? I think there is a little bit of a home field advantage. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just. Right there I went with Vegas. I was just like, Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go with the five and a or the four and a half there. Um I don't know, it smelled to me. I I was wrong. I should have I should have went with with uh I guess it should have went with my brain there. But no, great I mean, great game, Washington in control. Um listen, I, I I know we said the Pac twelve didn't have a great um didn't have a great showing of bowl season, but you know, Next year they could, I think, really could turn up. USC is going to get better. Washington is going to, I think, Washington's still going to be pretty good. Oregon's going to be good. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll see. But even though they didn't have a great showing, I still think the Pac-12 definitely has something to build off of. Yeah, um, and I
1: mean Oregon State. I can't remember they who they played football Florida. game, but they yeah Florida. they blew out Florida. So
0: I mean, listen, and and this I will say because a lot of my Big Ten, uh, a lot of my Big Ten people were were really hammering on florida i was like listen relax like florida's missing a whole bunch of people and i also knew in the back of my mind uh purdue this is the same thing's going to happen to purdue like two in two weeks yeah. um so i was kind of like mentally preparing everyone like hey this is going to be bad um but yeah it's again a- another good bowl um let's see oh december 30th uh jay December 30th is a day that will live in infamy. December 30th, 2022. Um, it was my, per- my personal hell was that day. Um, all the games were awesome, I have to admit. Um, Barstool, Arizona Bowl to start. Um, Iowa beats Wyoming in overtime. Uh, without Mac, uh, Mac Ohio. player of the year, Curtis, work. Yeah. Wait, what did I say? You said Iowa. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ohio. It's um, the same place, basically, right? It- <laughs> Oh, don't, don't let the thing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i, know, I you know, know the corn people are here are are listening um the mag player of the year curtis rourke out uh backup cj Harris. listen did a good job just took care of the football this was a really nice game to kick off the day um ohio beats wyoming um great fashion again you want to talk about bowl games that um that are going to entertain you that are going to make people tune in um, 1.2 million people tuned into the uh, Barstool, Arizona bowl. Um, listen, Barst- the Barstool crew is there uh, doing their shtick. Um, listen, the, even the broadcast wasn't that bad. Um, I know a lot of people worry about the broadcast. Uh, Jake March does a great job. He's usually a basketball guy. And then yeah, Portnoy and big cat kind of in there um, talking about the spreads and everything like that. Um, but it was, it would, again, it's going to give you something different than just a a regular game.
1: Yeah, and it makes a bowl season unique. But uh, that was a good one. And then we go to the Sun Bowl, uh, El Paso, one of my favorite. Like, we talked about it with uh, Mike Barker, CFP Campus Tour. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this is a venue that both of us want to go see a game at at some point. Absolutely. Uh, But, man, UCLA had this uh, in the bag. Uh, And... As, uh, as that coach on TikTok said, they pissed down their leg. Moment was too big for them. I-,
0: <laughs> I, listen, I am just flabbergasted. UCLA screwed me in at least two bowl game pools. This was a no-brainer to me. It was a no-brainer watching it. They were up, and I'm like, they're going to run away with this, and they keep. Turning the ball over. Four turnovers. Four. And then they score with a minute to go and they cannot stop Pitt who doesn't have Slovis. Nick Patty. They lost to Patty Frickin' Mayonnaise. <laughs> and a last minute drive to kick a fifty yarder to win. And I just, now
1: uh now your favorite person in the world uh oh my God. Has, has bragging rights.
0: I hate him so much. I hate Pat Narduzzi so much. And, like, the thing is, Narduzzi, like, I don't know. Again, I I told myself I would never be like this. And, and here I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Pitt will always be decent with Narduzzi. Okay? They're going to be seven, eight wins every year. Once in a while, they'll get nine. Is that enough for Pitt? And I, I, don't, I don't know. Think that it answer. will be. I think eventually, uh. I think they're looking for reasons to get rid of him. But, like, as soon as you're like, okay, this is it. Narduzzi's finally going to get fired. He wins a few games. Yeah. And then the circle starts again. Like, I just the, the, I don't the know. The funniest
1: to me was last season getting rid of an offense uh, that was productive and just like. Losing games this year because nothing could happen on offense. But
0: mm-hmm. I mean, you know. listen, Whipple is a stu- like Whipple is stubborn. But the thing is, so is Narduzzi. You have Whipple and Narduzzi who are both very, very stubborn people. And now they're butting heads like they're mean It's like Rocky and Apollo when they met in the ring. They're just butting heads. And yeah, it's not a great work environment. But like, I don't know, Parduzzi, he's such a, uh, he, yeah. Hot airbag. He's an airbag.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, next up is the Gator Bowl. Uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, just back and forth, trading punches all night. Uh, Notre Dame in some ways kind of kept South Carolina in it with the turnovers. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a good win. And uh, I think with Hartman coming in for Notre Dame, that's uh crazy. into that offense it's going to be uh mm-hmm. interesting to watch I think uh Marcus Freeman knew you know after this season that offense is where the the Irish really needed to take a step forward next year going out and getting getting Hartman will be a, a big step in that
0: yeah and like listen uh Tyler I don't know if Tyler Buckner's in the portal or not um but Tyler Buckner is, is at least he's a serviceable backup like even look at the South Carolina game. Um, he three interceptions, three touchdowns. When he's good, he's good. When he's bad, ooh, it's bad. Um, and listen, both coaches, very likable coaches. Uh, listen, we are a Shane Beamer podcast. Marcus Freeman is also awesome. Listen, I grew up hating Notre Dame, and I don't hate Notre Dame as much as I used to. Like I really don't. I don't know if it's because I'm not by, um, I'm not by their fans as much. Um, you know, growing up in a very you know, in Northeast Pennsylvania, there's a lot of Irish Catholics, which yeah, Scranton attended,
1: is a real place.
0: Yeah, Scranton is a real place, which I I heard that on the live stream from yesterday. Scranton is real. They found the Idaho uh, murderer there. Um, that's neither here nor there, but um, I don't know if it's because I'm not around Notre Dame fans as much. I'm not by you know the the Irish Catholics that have to remind me about Notre Dame on 24 seven. But I don't hate Notre Dame as much. I love Marcus Freeman. I think Marcus Freeman is. I I think he's going to be good at Notre Dame. I really do. I do believe in him. I, I think he's. Um, I know he's going to get his players up, and I know he's going to get players that will lay everything on the line for him, which is half the battle. Same thing with Shane Beamer. Although a lot, there's a lot of um, a lot of players leaving. South Carolina right now and I worry
1: about that for South Carolina
0: I I am worried about that and because everything we see on the surface is that um everything we see on the surface of South Carolina is that hey everyone loves playing for Beamer Beamer's great he does like the videos are all awesome but now there's players leading good players players that are playing so like that's where I'm a kind and I know that programs go through it but I don't know I am a little worried about Shane Beamer in South Carolina just for that reason
1: and sticking in the state of South Carolina, next up is the uh, Orange Bowl. Uh, played in Florida, but featured a team from South Carolina. Tennessee and Clemson. Uh, Tennessee just uh, kind of smoked them, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did. I. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, Tennessee's good. Yeah. yeah, Tennessee's good. Um, I
1: mean, shout we, out to my it. guy Josh Heupel.
0: Yeah, that's another guy. I, I wish he coached for another team. He,
1: those
0: <laughs> those toothless hillbillies don't deserve him. Anyway, Tennessee, great win for them. Um, listen, Clemson. Here's the thing with Clubnick. I think Klubnik's going to be a very good quarterback, but he developed bad habits in that Syracuse game. You look at that Syracuse game. He was. Under some pressure because uh, Syracuse is going to bring some. But he was – take like, drop – his five-yard drop turned into a seven-yard drop because he's just backing up back. Like, he's not stepping into the pocket. He's backing up, backing up, rolling out. And he was bailed out a few times. Now he's doing it against Tennessee, and that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, again, another time, uh, Klubnik, when he was good, man, he showed flashes – of a very good quarterback. But then there was other times where I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, and what are you doing?
1: I do want to give Will Shipley a, a shout because, I mean, he's uh, the running back for Clemson. I think he's, uh, he's a stud out there. But, yeah,
0: no, he, uh, he really carried him. Yeah. He carried him for a lot of that game. I mean, yeah. mean, Clemson
1: yeah. had a chance to, to hang in that game. It was the turnovers, not being yeah. able to score in the red zone.
0: And, Jay, that is the other thing. I have never seen a team be in the opponent's territory on their other side of their fifty so much and get no points out of it. Yeah. They got nothing. I, I want to say that they were in Tennessee territory. I want to say five five out of the first seven drives, and they only had, like, what, what was the halftime score? I forget.
1: Was it six? Uh, I'm not sure let me check here
0: i think it was 6 i think they were in the red zone 5 times and only scored 6 points
1: yeah, so the halftime score was 14-3
0: 14-3 so they only got a field goal and i want to say they were in the other t- they were in tennessee territory i want to say like 5 times yeah. the rushing yards or sorry the the time of possession and the um total yards were it was all clemson yeah, so again it, it, it will kill you, um, not taking advantage of it. But Tennessee wins. Um, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The s- Tennessee speed really helped them. Helped them on the edge. It helped them get after Klubnick. Um, and I think that was the big, the big difference maker in the game. Clemson's defense had to stop Tennessee. Joe, hey, also, Joe Milton the third. Man, I counted him out on the last podcast. Uh, Joe Milton, great game, man. Really great game. Um, nice to see that he got he got some time in the sun um, after kind of being an afterthought after Michigan. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Citrus Bowl, January or sorry, January second. Um, the the Mike Leach game. Everybody, um, Mississippi State with a gritty win over Illinois to honor Mike Leach. Um, they had Mike Leach like Leach's picture with carnations. On the ship in Tampa Bay, where the Bucks play. Um, wasn't a Mike Leach type of game, a very low scoring, very sloppy. But you know, you give a post game skirmish at the end. Um, you, you have uh, the guys all fired up. Will Rogers crying on the sideline. Definitely a will, or sorry, definitely a Mike Leach type of win, though. Um, yeah. now with that, Jay, now. That gets him sixty percent, a sixty percent win percentage. Okay, do you count it and put him in the hall? You have to. I,
1: I think he gets in. I I think having a hard line at that sixty percent is dumb anyway. Just mm-hmm. because I think there's you know variables uh, to great coaches that mm-hmm. uh, I think should go above that consideration. But uh, I think Leach should be in the Hall of Fame, in yeah. my opinion.
0: And I think the other thing is he. Uh I, I I know people have said this before, so this isn't anything new, but he's coached at outposts his entire career. Yeah. You know, Texas Tech, Wazoo, now Mississippi State, like those 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 aren't big places. Those are and those those are second tier programs yeah. that he's at. And
1: you and you look at the coaching tree too and the influence. Mm-hmm. Sonny Dykes, Cliff Kingsbury, Lincoln Riley. All these guys come from that tree. Uh, Dana Holgerson. I mean. It goes on. Yeah. Yeah. It's. There's so many people that his offense has influenced. I mean, the the true air raid isn't really around anymore the way it was whenever he was at Texas Tech mm-hmm. where you had, like, the, the three-foot splits and mm-hmm. uh, everything that went along with that, but. There's still so many principles that go along with that offense that are, yep. uh, you, you see the fingerprints just kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he was a guy that inspired a lot of that. So, in my opinion, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, it was also nice to see the tributes from everybody um, with the Jolly Roger on the back. Um, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who Mike Leach is, um, uh, look at his YouTube videos. Um, it just is rants and everything. We've talked about it before um you know known for his legendary rants uh a revolutionized uh the passing offense in college football a a magnificent coaching tree um you know a little rough around the edges uh we kind of this year criticized him a little bit with his shtick but um he's gonna be (coughs) like he's gonna he's one of the greatest he's one of the character the best characters in all of sports um And I wish more people would have kind of recognized it when, when he was living. But um, legend, the college football world, without a doubt. Um, LSU murders Purdue's JV team. There's not much we can say about that. Uh, Purdue no. was missing. Purdue was missing. I think ten starters on both offense and defense. Like so, it was something crazy
1: yeah, with so. transfer
0: portal and everything else, and guys leaving for the draft. And they didn't have both coordinators. Brom left. Drew Brees is out there, just like trying to keep it together. Um, it was. He did
1: sign a sign autographs for some of the LSU guys. That was kind of a cool moment, just because <laughs> yeah. you know, obviously Drew Brees playing for the Saints. A lot of those LSU kids probably rooted for him yeah. growing up.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, LSU so. is like it's actually funny they played each other because like Drew Brees, that's like his adopted school. Yeah. Because he go, he would like he was seen at the national title. He always roots for LSU. But, you didn't know, but,
1: didn't save him from that ass whooping, but
0: did not. No, it was bad, <laughs> very bad. Yeah, we don't have to. What? We don't have
1: to dwell on that one too Guess much. what,
0: Jay? And you know what I'm going to say? It wasn't the worst. There was no, it wasn't, and that wasn't the worst of bowl season. But we'll get to that. Um, Cotton Bowl. I've said it about four times already. Here's another another instant classic game. Yep. This game was fantastic. It was uh, nothing will ever beat the Fiesta Bowl with Boise State. But this one's up there for me. Yeah. This was amazing. My Greenways. Yeah. My Green Wave.
1: I mean, what a job by Willie Fritz. Uh I think it was the biggest single season turnaround from two and eleven to mm-hmm you know, whatever their record was in, in 2022 and taking it to USC. And, you know, it was a track meet like we expected. Uh, obviously, it comes down to the end. Tulane scores, kicks it off. And I feel somewhat bad for the USC returner who uh, fumbled it directly out of bounds at the one-yard line, yep. resulting in a safety. Uh, and then Tulane gets the ball back. And they're able to tie it up, mm-hmm. and then uh, I mean, what, what a what a game!
0: Is that the first? Is that the first time? That's uh, the first time in I want to say ten years that I've seen a safety like that really um, make a big impact late in a game. Like yeah. like on that level. Because the last the next one I can think of is Dolphins on Halloween beating the Bengals on a walk-off safety.
1: I, I mean, you don't see it too much, right? No, like you don't. You don't. I can't, I can't recall the last time a safety really had a huge impact like that.
0: And, like, again, I'm watching and I'm thinking, oh, my God, like if they get this, Tulane's going to go right down the field and score because no one was stopping each other. No. Like, I think T- Tulane did get it. Oh, I mean, they got the safety, which is the stop, two points, and then they went down and scored, uh, scored the touchdown.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. Um, huge win for that program. Uh, listen, I don't know what's going to happen to them next year or the year after that, but those fans, I I mean, it hear... seems
1: like they're going to get a lot of pieces back for next year. Mm-hmm. So I would say, and by the way, great shirt, great home field. Oh, uh,
0: home field. Sponsors. Love it.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I'm waiting for. But it.
1: uh, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, I mean, it was uh, I think we both probably root for the underdogs more often than not. And oh, absolutely. You now seeing Tulane do what they did, uh, fantastic performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, the Rose Bowl. So I'll let sure. you talk about this one.
0: Um. Yeah, I was, I was nervous at halftime. I was very, I was really nervous at halftime. Cam Rising was beating Penn State with his legs, not his arm, though. Um, And before everyone talks about, well, you know, um, uh, Utah was, you know, missed their best pass catcher in Kincaid. Uh, They're missing their best corner with Phillips. Listen, Penn State was missing Joey Porter Jr. and Parker Washington, their their best receiver. So, like, it happens. Also, guys – who were going to the NFL. I don't, Penn state has to have something where they give limited reps to the guys that play because Brenton strange played. I I didn't see Brenton strange after the third quarter. It's like once Penn state got up, it was like, okay, yeah, we're done. Like you can, you can hang out. Um, juice shrugs was hurt. Um, their center. So Penn state was missing three starting offensive linemen. Okay. um, and they still were able to run the ball effectively. Um, Nick Singleton and Catron Allen were really good. Um, Jackson for Utah um, was running, had a couple nice spurts. But then once yeah, Penn I like, State. I like Quinton Jackson
1: quite a bit yeah. as a prospect. but
0: Oh, yeah. I love him. But I think once. That was game was just <laughs> in the beginning. But once Penn State got up a score, Dan was like, okay, now Utah has. has they have to throw. And then I think that is where Penn state started to feast a little bit. Um, then cam rising gets hurt, and then it was all over. And then that's the, uh, I will say, and I know Penn state had good field position, but you know, Penn state was still putting up like still putting up points. You know, they were still taking advantage of the field position. Weren't no field goals getting touchdowns. Um, I just think that's a that's a big win for Penn State and I know the Rose Bowl doesn't mean as much as it used to um but you have a lot of pieces back next year um that is a huge win uh, it's also for James Franklin who always has to be reminded that he doesn't beat a lot of top ten teams I think now that's his third top third or fourth top ten win um since being at Penn State which isn't good but you know, it, it was good to get that one. Um, I get the finally, I finally got to see Penn State win a Rose Bowl, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and if any Penn State fan wants to hum and haw, oh, well, we we're in the playoff. The people at Penn State right now that hum and haw that, well, we didn't make the playoff again. We're the same people at the beginning of the year saying the team would only win seven, eight, you know, seven, eight, maybe nine games in the beginning of the year. Those same negative people are now the same ones saying, Oh, well, we didn't win anything. So yeah. and I listen, I know these people. These people are terrible. These they're terrible fans, and I wish <laughs> they would get that they would just shut the hell up. But anyway, I digress. Big win for Penn State. Um, I'm already giddy about next season. Yeah. Like I haven't yeah, felt as you this should be. good. I haven't felt this good about Penn State's future since 2016 when they were yeah. coming off the Big Ten win.
1: And I, I can't wait to come up there for for a game next season. So. I
0: I'm telling I, I think Penn State Iowa might be the game. Yeah. Hopefully it's not Bigman kick. Yeah, we'll Hopefully see. It's uh,
1: big, but we'll see. But uh, next up, a college football playoff. Uh, this is the one that was more shocking to me. Uh, was the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, I mean, TCU just kind of jumped on Michigan from the jump and. You know, it was – Michigan never died. They they stayed in that game till the end. But TCU just uh, never really let off the gas. Uh, one thing I will say is I, I think a lot of Michigan fans expected to kind of walk over TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of shocked folks in the stands there at the Fiesta Bowl.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Jay, I don't know if you and I talked about this. Um but what do you have to do against Michigan to beat them? You have to get up early. And that's yeah. what TCU did because then that forces Michigan to throw um, or at least not run as much. And that's what they did. Um, and here's the other thing. It's all about that. College football about matchups. Michigan has a good front seven. One of the best in the country. But if. They're throwing the ball all over the yard. It doesn't matter. And I think Michigan does have a little bit of weakness in their armor when it comes to their secondary. Um, And I think TCU picked it apart. Now, granted, Michigan, once they got themselves together, they were scoring at will against TCU. But they started off in a 13-0 hole. And then, to make matters worse, Michigan had the ball first and goal twice. And they get no points, nothing out of it. One time at the one throw a pick six, like Michigan left so many points on the board. Um, you know, how, how can they lose? Because they left points on the board. Yeah. They didn't take care of the football. That's how a team that's not as good as you wins, especially a team like TCU that is very talented on offense. I mean, that's how you're going to win that game. And that's, and that's how the Horn Frogs did it. Um, it sucks that we got a national title that was terrible out of it, but this game itself was very good.
1: Yeah. And then the, uh, the other game, the peach bowl, also a fantastic contest. Ohio state had Georgia shook there for quite a while. Uh, but Georgia did what Georgia does. They rallied, uh, they came back and, you know, advanced to the, to the final. I think, uh, Ohio state fared better than a lot of people expected. They would, uh,
0: You know what? Yeah, I would say that. But I don't think people realize how skilled Ohio State is. Like their skill positions are just as good as Georgia's.
1: It it just makes it more surprising to me that Ohio State got handled the way they did by Michigan. Uh, Mm -hmm. That, looking back, that's the thing that doesn't make as much sense to me. But I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, it could have something to do with the fact that I think in a lot of ways Michigan is uh is circling Ohio State on their calendar a little bit more than Ohio State may circle Michigan. Uh
0: but Ooh, not anymore. Yeah, not like, anymore. Last year last year, yeah. This year Ohio State wanted blood. And they, they got up a little I think they were up like by a touchdown early, but yeah. Michigan just kept coming back. And I just think Michigan was just wearing Ohio State down. It's the body blows.
1: Uh, yeah, it is the it Michigan is. style of offense does, but uh, yeah. I mean, how poetic was it this game uh, as the clock strikes midnight at the Peach Bowl? the The pumpkin turned back, or the the carriage turned back to a pumpkin for Ohio State. The field goal was missed. Uh, the glass slipper was left behind, and Ohio State's dream of going to the championship ran out. Don't don't make. Don't make
0: Cinderella references <laughs> and revolving around. Stop it. They are not a Cinderella story. Oh, my God. I, no, you know what, not. though? I'm not the first.
1: <laughs> but yeah. it was midnight.
0: <laughs> it was midnight. And when it's like, oh, Ohio State is Cinderella, I was like, shut the hell up. They are not a Cinderella. They get more recruits than anybody. They have more money than almost. It's like if one of
1: the uh, evil stepsisters was Cinderella's. Yeah, uh, exactly. Cinderella's place.
0: And listen, I was thinking about this when I was watching that game of, Oh my God, the Michigan people are going to lose their freaking mind. If Ohio state beats Georgia and then goes beats Tennessee or beats TCU. Like they will absolutely lose it where to the point where I was kind of hoping for it, but I mean, listen, Marvin Harrison stays in that game. Henderson, not her. I mean, you know, they didn't have Smith and Jigba. Listen, Ohio State, if they're maybe a little more healthy, they might win that ball game. You know, all they had to do was make one or two more plays at the end to get it. And, you know, they, they it didn't happen. I also uh, – here's a hot take or uh, maybe tinfoil hat. I think it was the holder that messed up the kick. Oh, yeah. So, and this is my only basis. This is the only basis. When he kicks it, the holder puts his head down immediately and is like, oh, my God. And then the kicker consoles the holder. Yeah. Usually it's the holder consoling the (laughs) kicker where now the kicker was consoling the holder. So I'll did be honest. The holder... I didn't
1: watch it that close, and I was a little bit drunk. But oh, yeah. if know. that's the scenario, then I guarantee you the holder messed something up.
0: It looked good though, like it, the hold looked good, but it looked like the holder. Again, maybe the holder was just that upset. But usually, you see the holder console the kicker, and this time we had a vice versa. So I wonder yeah. if I wonder, and again, the hold looked good, but who knows? Maybe there was something wrong there. Um, maybe he didn't put it too far back or I don't know. Um, but anyway, we get Georgia or actually before we talk about that, uh, Jay, two big 10 teams, first time making the playoff. They both lose. Um, how bad is that for the big 10?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's good to see that, uh, that big 10 bias get exposed, uh, in the playoff. <laughs> I hate <you>. Honestly, oh. <laughs> no, but, uh, I, honestly, I don't think it matters that much, right? Like, no. it—they were the two best teams, or not the two best teams, but uh, they were two very deserving playoff teams. There's not anybody behind them that I would have put in over them. No, uh, so I don't think it's really an issue. And Ohio State gave a better game of themselves mm-hmm. uh, than a lot yeah. of teams would have in that scenario. So you
0: know what? And that's the thing that irks me with a lot of the people from the SEC. Is that, you know, watching the game, I don't know if it was Dennis Dodd or maybe it was Andy Katz. I don't know. It was, nah, I forget. Anyway, it was somebody and they said it was like Auburn or sorry, not Auburn. Um, TCU finding out they're not playing a, a Big Ten team today. I'm like, <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't a Big Ten, the the, a quarter, the second place Big Ten team almost be Georgia like a week ago? Like, yeah. or, or, did we just forget this? You know, like
1: uh, they're it's saying, the, "Oh, it's look, the problem team. that we always have uh, with everyone when it comes to conferences. Everybody wants to deal in absolutes, and yeah, it's not styles and matchups make fights. Styles and and matchup makes fight. Yep. So, you know, you can read into it all the time and say this conference is better than that conference. That doesn't necessarily translate on the field every every game across everything. And, like, mm-hmm. I think the SEC is – I do still think the SEC is the best conference in football. It is.
0: No, it is. But and I will never put, say it's different.
1: You put a certain team that maybe from a different conference that has a style that matches up against a team that many perceive as better, and that team could end up winning. I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't – we play these games on the field for a reason. Uh, it's why I like bowl season. You, you get to see just teams compete. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's what we're here for. Uh, I also hate that people just want to bang the conference drum. Like, no, I want all these teams to do horribly. I want my team to be the only one that matters. See, but you're
0: new. You're you're not fully accepted in that. You and Missouri aren't fully accepted in the SEC.
1: Yeah, I think uh, us more so than Mizzou. But yeah, I could I could see that.
0: No. I mean, and that's the thing, like I think and I, I'll say this the big ten, the only reason why I think a lot of big ten fans have kind of banded together a little bit the last couple of years is because, because is it's be, it's, is because of the South. Yeah. Is because that's what the South does. I mean, granted, you know, Michigan's not gonna root for Ohio State and vice versa. Um I see Penn State fans are all over the freaking board. Well when, I've had some, and- you know. But yeah, it's and but generally it's because speaking,
1: of that. it is a fact that people from the south tend to be a little bit faster, right? Like you tend to have better athletes in the south. Mm-hmm. Uh from a from a running standpoint. You get offensive linemen from those corn fed states up mm-hmm. north that a lot of times you can't get down south. Right. And so no, people absolutely. just want to tout like everything. It's I mean, obviously, the best mix is like a little. You get a little blend of everything mm-hmm. uh, on mm-hmm. your squad, and it uh, it translates pretty pretty well in my mind. But uh, no, it's
0: no, it's. I don't think it's going to hurt the Big Ten. Um, again, a, uh, Ohio State just literally went toe to toe. Ohio State gave Georgia its best game all year. Okay, yeah. and I know people go,es Oh, what about Missouri? Listen, that was a fluke. If they played each other again, was Georgia would kill them. But, you know, they gave him the best game. You know, Michigan, you know, lost a lot of points against TCU. That's how TCU gets in. And TCU is a good team. They're a deserving team. But you, you cannot tell me Tennessee or Alabama deserve to get in. No. I'm sorry. They didn't.
1: Uh, but uh, TCU, uh talked about. Ohio State giving Georgia the best game. TCU certainly did not give Georgia the best game. So, uh, I mean, we can go ahead and talk about the national championship. There's not much to talk about. Mm -hmm. Complete and utter domination, devastation, uh, destruction by Georgia. Yeah. And it Mm -hmm. – I mean, you know, everything that could have gone wrong for TCU did go wrong. Turnovers. uh, Quentin Johnson didn't get involved at all. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. just – uh, Not Keandre a great performance for the No, yeah. uh, Keiondre
0: Miller was out. Um, you know, it's – I don't know if you I, – because I think most of your friends are um, college football people. Now, I, I have two sets of friends. I have my college friends who they love college football and love everything about it and are just like, God, why is this game so bad? And then I have my other friends who are more professional fans who are like, oh, yeah, I'll tune in the national title game. And then I'd be like, "What the hell is this? Why am I w- even watching this?" Yeah. Um, and it's it's a hard, it's a really hard sell. It's a really hard sell to be like, "Hey, uh, our championship game is on a Monday, and if a team upsets someone in the semifinals, then the favorite is probably going to win by two or three touchdowns." And now yeah. that wasn't the case this week because it was like
1: it's uh, it's a it's just more. a nightmare. I mean, you play it in SoFi Stadium. Which is not a college football Awful. venue. Uh, you play it on a Monday. There's no tailgating, so you've already eliminated everything about college football. Yeah. Other than the fact that the two teams are colleges, but yeah, it's it's
0: I, and, I, and I don't think the NCAA <laughs> is it NCAA who picks the stadium.
1: I think so. Uh, it's, I don't
0: think they even care. Do they? Do they care? No, they don't. No. They don't. They don't. Actually I also don't love quarter. that the
1: FCS championship is played on a Sunday, and then in the last. Yeah. uh by the way, I do want to talk about South Dakota State. Congrats to that program! Yes, Jack for, Rabbit. Uh, fi- for finally getting their FCS national championship. Really, uh, also a dominant performance in the uh, rematch from the Dakota Marker game from earlier. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least a little bit of hope uh, for the Bison in that one compared to the zero hope that the Frogs yeah. had.
0: Yeah, Jackrabbits. They that's their first national title, correct?
1: Yes, it is.
0: And that's the thing. Like that is like. Uh, and we'll get back to the, the FBS national title in a second. It's very um, Red Sox-Yankees-like. Bitter rivalry. Yankees are kind of like your uh, North Dakota Bison, just winning championship after championship. Um, Jackrabbits have come close but can never get there. And now this is like 04, um, you know, Boston Red Sox, where they finally do it. Um, yeah. You know, good, good for that program. Uh, good for that fan base who's very loyal. That, that part... I'd love to go up there and, and see it's like the Dakotas, Montana and I don't know, who's another good one up there? Montana State, maybe? I don't know. Yeah,
1: I mean so Montana, Montana State, I want to go to both. Yeah. Uh Brawl of the Wild the and the Dakota Marker.
0: Yeah. I I would love to games. go to those games and then um but you know, maybe like uh, somewhere else in the Missouri Valley too. Like, yeah, like maybe. I mean, the Missouri Valley has a lot of good schools in there. Yeah, Northern
1: Illinois. or uh, Sorry. Uh, Northern, Northern Iowa. Iowa. Northern yeah. Iowa
0: is really good. They play in a dome, right? Yeah. Do they play in a dome?
1: Uh, or is that Northern I Arizona? Or not. That might be Northern, Northern Arizona. Arizona does. That's the yes, sky dome.
0: North- yeah, I'm thinking of Northern Arizona.
1: Uh, uh, Idaho I mean. and the Kibbe Dome. I mean,
0: the Kibbe. No one just walks into the Kibbe Dome and expects a win. Yeah. NCAA football, 14. Um, <laughs> but it's... But, no, it's you know, good for the Jackrabbits. Uh, good to see them win. But, Jay, here's the thing. I, I, I think I said this on last week or last year's pod. I, here, this is how the scheduling goes. This is how it should go. Two games of the NFL messes this whole thing up. Two games. This is what you do. Okay? And I know you're not going to like this first part, but it's just how it's going to be. Um, at noon, okay, at noon – or sorry, 1 o'clock. So noon your time. 1 o'clock, NFL game on CBS. Okay? 4.30, NFL game on Fox. At 1 o'clock, ESPN will have FCS National Championship on Saturday. And now at 7.30, 8 o'clock, you have your college football national championship.
1: I mean, I think you should just move the NFL games away. But uh, if they're going to keep those NFL games, you
0: you know that. Listen, that yeah. would be my choice too. But you know we can't yeah. do that. But my thing yeah. is, you have to move everything for two games. One of the NFL games didn't mean anything. Okay, yeah. the the other one uh, I believe was Jacksonville. Jacksonville. It was Tennessee. Jacksonville,
1: Tennessee. Yeah, f four thirty. To find out which team below five hundred is going to make the playoffs is
0: going to go in. You know, so that's. My I thing that. is, I don't or both,
1: put, they may have actually gotten to.
0: or put both NFL games one uh, both of one at one o'clock, one on Fox, one on CBS, four thirty, FCS national championship that leads into the national championship at night. Yeah. Who says no here? Like th- this cannot be that difficult. It cannot be that difficult to do this because and all the college people will watch it on ESPN. I mean, and my last thing is everyone talks about, oh, college football, you know, some of the games don't even, you know, you know you're late in the season. And some of the games don't even matter. You know how many NFL games haven't mattered the last four weeks? Dozens that don't even matter. So spare me the, oh, the games don't even matter. No, yes, they freaking do. Okay. Anyway, I'm done with that. Um, national title. Uh, bloodbath. Just absolutely bad. Uh, the Hypnotoad is dead. Sonny <laughs> Dyke should have tried to change his shirt at halftime. Gary Patterson did it at, at yeah. the Alamo Bowl. Um,
1: Shout out to TCU fans for traveling well, though.
0: Yeah, they traveled really well. Um, listen, uh, in, the thing, in the beginning of the game, I think TCU kind of got shell-shocked a little bit they said they were kind of misaligned here and there like things that they things that they did well all year long they they just had mental lapses and a
1: lot of a lot of uh you know a lot of discombobulation pre snap yeah. for the Horned frog defense and that's something that Joe Gillespie's Stevens has been pretty good at uh you know and and part of that was George's game plan too I mean, part of that was, you know, going into that sugar huddle, not really giving a set look uh, pre-snap for the defense to kind of base themselves off of. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, we can talk about it, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's- it was ugly.
0: And shout-out Stetson Bennett. Um, I have been critical of Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett looked really freaking good. Yeah. He looked really good. He looked poised. He was accurate. He is faster than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Um, he looked really, really good. And Jay, th- you'll love this. I tweeted it out. I, I even put this is art. I don't know if you saw it yet. It's it's a read, reading a four eye technique, and they kick out. They kick out to the outside linebacker. And they read off the four I, and it's just that first. It's that first touchdown with Stetson Bennett, where it's just nothing. Yeah. It was it was absolutely beautiful. And
1: that, absolutely that's one of the things beautiful. that I was so impressive to me is uh, that defense at TCU is super flexible. Uh, yeah, three, three. In that, in that, well, it's an odd stack, but. You know, sometimes it's presented as a classic three-three-five. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. presented a little bit different. They can be flexible with alignments, but Georgia just picked it apart in a way that not a lot of teams have been able to. Uh, Joe Gillespie's placed a bigger emphasis on using that odd stack to stop the run, mm-hmm. and for the most part, it's been success. I mean, TCU shut down Bijan Robinson earlier this year. Yeah, they did. Uh, but but Georgia in their game plan, I mean, it was just super impressive. So.
0: When when they ran the ball, they were getting second level, and I think when when you when you're getting second level in the in in the three in the three three five, um or three five, you're 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 in for a long day, yeah. if if you're getting second level because that means that your defensive linemen aren't taking up any space. They're they're not demanding double teams. Yeah. They're just going big on big, and then then they're. Then you have your other guys reaching out.
1: Um, Well, I think the flip side of that too is TCU likes to play a lot of man, and I think they had to change that up a little bit with Brock Bowers being such a problem matchup for them uh, in the secondary.
0: He had a huge game. He had a huge game in the first half. Huge
1: game. He's going to be a top five player as soon as he gets in the league at his position.
0: He's so good. I think I I I said it to my buddy, and I'm gonna so I'm gonna I'm gonna on a dynasty league too for the NFL and. I I have tight end problems, like I don't have a good tight end, and I am I am looking probably to trade picks so I can get Brock. I for I can get Bowers, yeah. Because I I need like shame we have
1: to wait pick. another year, huh?
0: I know, I know. <laughs> He's coming back. That whole Georgia team's coming. And that's the other thing. Georgia is going to be back, and it, motivation's a weird thing. Yeah. And like, but just hearing, and uh, oh, you no one expected us to be here. Like, shut up. Yes, they did. I know you have to say that, but like, dude, come on. Everyone had them, and you're gonna—they're gonna be there next year. Yes. Um, speaking
1: of, uh, do we want to go ahead and talk about our way too early? Yeah, way too early predictions for next year. Way
0: too early college football playoff uh, tradition or traditions uh, predictions. Uh, we both have Georgia, correct? Yes. Okay. So, both get Georgia. We'll get that out of the way right there. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go USC. I think they get it done. They finally get it.
1: You're going to kick me for this one. You're you're probably going to feel like it's a jinx. But I have have Penn State.
0: I have Penn State. I I have a good feeling about next year. And it's going to be... It's probably going to go down in flames. I, I will say this. Here's the part with Penn state that I'm worried about is that they go 11 and one and they get left out because I can see them dropping one to Michigan and Ohio state like they usually always do. Now they're 11 and one. And then the team they lose to goes to the big 10 championship and wins. Now, can they get in with 11 and one? I don't know because this is what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be Georgia, USC, um, Penn State and then Alabama. But the problem is if Penn State doesn't get to the Big 10 championship and let's say they lose to Ohio State or Michigan and they're and they go 11 and 1 but don't go, win the Big 10, then Penn State's out. And Alabama's in. I do think Georgia and Alabama both get in. I think USC gets in. And then I do believe Penn State. I'm picking Penn State to get in.
1: So I have Georgia, Penn State. I also have a Pac-12 team. It's not USC. I think Washington's going to get in with Pennix coming back
0: next year. Fixed defense, fixed offense. I like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I like it. And then a less less fun pick Alabama is my Alabama.
0: Team. Yep. I think Alabama, I watched Nick Saban just absolutely squirm as David Pollock announced that Georgia is the, the, the most dominant team in college football. Yeah. Um, but it's again, we don't enough. know who's going to quarterback those teams. no, we don't know who's going to quarterback Georgia. I, it probably doesn't matter. We don't know who's going to quarterback Alabama. Again, probably doesn't we matter. We do know
1: who's going to quarterback uh, Penn State and Washington, though.
0: We do know that. We knew it's going to be Pennix. We know it's going to be Drew um, Alar, And from everything I've heard about Drew Allar, Drew L R is going to be the real deal. God, I, I mean, hope so. People were
1: already yelling for him to play last year. Yeah. Ben, uh, I am glad to see that Sean Clifford got his standing ovation, though.
0: He did. Well, uh, also understand that the people that pay those monies like pay the money to go to the the bowl like the bowl games th- those i don't want to sound like a don't want to sound like an elitist but usually the people that fork over all that money to go to games are usually like intelligent people for the most part that are just going there to like just enjoy their time and you know they gave him a standing ovation he deserved it he deserved a standing ovation um, and i think this year kind of proves that hey go with the veteran in this situation. You go with the veteran. You win 11 and two with drew R You, you might lose a game or two. You probably don't beat Purdue in the beginning of the year, you know? Um, and who knows how that Auburn game shakes out, but I'm, I'm just saying, I, I think going with Sean Clifford was the right move. Um, yeah. But no, I, I think Penn State gets in next year. I really do. But if they don't, it's going to be Ohio state. I'm going to, I believe it'll probably be either Ohio state or Michigan. I'm going to lean Ohio state and uh Penn's going to be on the outside, looking in at like five. It's going to be very disappointing for me, but Hey, it is what it is.
1: Yeah. We so will see.
0: That is it, man. Um, wow. Not what this are we going to do? always now? goes by too fast. huh? It always does. It goes by so fast. Um, Listen, everybody, uh, thank you for tuning in to Season 2. Um, listen, we we had a ton of fun. Uh, the podcast has grown substantially um, from last year. Jay's going viral constantly. Um, <laughs> we have a new network set up with friends um, from other podcasts, a group of five guys, uh, you know, the, the Big Ten people, um, the with Big Eyes, uh, Mike Barker, um, we're, you know, Networking with a lot more people than we were before. We look to do uh, even more next year. Um, you guys can expect us probably around late June, early July. Listen, we'll still be tweeting. Um, we'll also st- still be making TikToks. Jay's starting to get on the TikTok train as well. Um, so we're still going to be posting stuff, all things college football, throughout. So keep up with our socials um, at Get Back Coach. Um, on Instagram at GB coach on Twitter. Keep up with us. Uh, We're going to be tweeting out news, tweeting out videos, pictures, all of that, all things, college football, all things that you love. Um, Jay, do you have anything to leave our, our people?
1: Yeah. I mean, just thank you all for, for all the support that y'all have given us. Uh, It's been a fantastic season. Uh, Like I said earlier, looking forward to getting up to happy Valley in 2023. Uh, we'll do another edition of the send Jay away classic uh, to be announced uh, but I'm sure that'll be a, a fun trip as well uh, who knows you know maybe we get a sponsor for this deal and we're able to do a few more road trips and you know Jake I'm, I'm glad you finally got to come down and experience College Station it was awesome got to experience uh, Kyle field mm-hmm. uh, and that's what it's all about, man. These experiences, the incredible environments of the sport that we love so much uh, that make, make it so fun to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the pageantry, the passion, all of that. And we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't have folks listening to us. So, so thanks to each and every one of you who uh, has gone through season two with us. And we're looking forward to season three. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll have a little bit better technology coming our way soon.
0: I think so. I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling. Uh, Year three is going to be the best one yet. Um, Thank you all for tuning in again. And not just have a nice week. Have a great year. Keep up with us. Love yous.